the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. What's the deal with Seinfeld? What's the deal with Corey? That's what I want to know. What is the deal with me? I don't know either. Yeah, I'm Adam. I'm Corey. And today we are talking season six, episode 21. Uh, It's the Diplomats Club. It first aired on May 4th. 1995, Korma Man, please give us that synopsis. Alrighty. The Diplomats Club. Jerry. <laughs> Adam just that, like that. I threw, I threw you through a fucking loop with coughing. <laughs> he just had like this crazy coughing fit. I was like, what the hell's going on? Is he dead? Um, uh, Jerry's plans to meet a gorgeous model for an airport rendezvous are derailed. Kramer bets on flights arriving with a rich Texan. George attempts to prove to his boss that he's not a racist. Elaine plans on quitting her job with Mr. Pitt until she realizes she's in his will. I love how these descriptions in the DVD box set, like the previous episode, they give you two <laughs> sentences for just two characters. This one, it's everybody's storylines. I'm like, what? Yeah, and there was no a lot going on in the last episode. And then, yeah, great. no consistency. This yeah. one had tons of <laughs> all this details, so. All right. Uh, we start off, per usual, with a stand-up. This one on special clubs and airports. All right. Talking about consistency, this one actually is consistently good, I think, with the last episode. How about the little scam the airlines have going on now with these special clubs? $150 a year to sit in a room, eat peanuts, drink coffee and soda, and read magazines? Excuse me, but isn't this the flight? I already got four hours of this coming to me. What am I paying for? How about an I got all my luggage club? Can I get that into a club? (laughs) Where's that club? And and the audience like fucking applauded for that one. Uh, Airlines love to divide us into classes. You know, like like when you're sitting in coach, the stewardess always closes that curtain with that certain look. She looks back and she goes, she always gives you that look like maybe if you work a little bit harder. I thought that was funny. Um, I, I actually like the whole entire thing. Uh, I thought it was really good. But I will say that I feel like nowadays with all the electronic scanning of the luggages in, I feel like we don't lose our luggages as much as we used to back in the day. Yeah, I don't. I haven't ever had my luggage lost. Um, I mean, overall, I, th- I personally thought this stand up was very meh. Mm. So. Mm. And, and, and real quick, I had um, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine worked at uh, um, a airport. He, he, he was a mechanic. Uh, her, her, her dad was a mechanic. But um, one thing he told me was I never, you know, made the same assumption as everybody else with like, why, why can you overstuff? What's the matter with overstuffing the suitcase? It's all going on the plane. You know, now stand-up comedians always make this joke. It's like, oh, well, who cares about the weight limit of the suitcase? It's all going on the plane anyways. It's not for the plane, it's for the baggage handlers because they're always mm. throwing shit. If you're just used to shit being less than 30 pounds and all of a sudden you use that same motion and grab something that's like 100 pounds, you're going to throw your fucking back out. And I and it's one of those jokes where everyone says it and I'm like, you're missing the actual entire point of the entire thing. But but okay. And I just wanted to go on a tangent about that because I, I just it always irks me. All right. Shit got real right there. It did. It did. (laughs) All right. Well, what's always real, the realest of reals, is how awesome Seinfeld is. And let's see how this episode stands up to the rest. And we've got Jerry on the phone. He's going to meet with a supermodel, as Corey already told us in the synopsis. (laughs) He told us pretty much everything. Uh, But, yes. um, And he's got, like, a six-hour window to meet with her after a flight, you know, while they both happen to be at this uh, diplomat's club in the airport. Uh, Elaine tells Jerry she's going to quit the job with Mr. Pitt. She's done. She's fed up with Mr. Pitt. And we're all kind of, you know, it's almost a bit of a end of an era. Yeah. You know, because she has been the, 
lower person, you know, like how George was last couple seasons. Yeah. She has been the person like without like the full proper job, that kind of thing. So, but Mr. Pitt is gave her some meaning. Yeah. But Jerry actually brought up a, a point. He goes, uh, I never met Mr. Pitt. And I was like, huh, you're right. He actually has never met Mr. Pitt face to face. I didn't even think about it until yeah. he said it. Yeah. He's only called him. Hi, Mr. Pitt. Yeah, every hi, time. Mr. Pitt. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So. I didn't think about that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And did, uh, you, did you notice real quick before we uh, move forward to the scene? Did you notice that like his Rice Krispies cereal? They did. They took such pains to like sort of hide the Rice Krispies logo that uh, it became just an ad for for Goof Troop, the car, the cartoon Goof Troop, because that I was what was on the back of the the cereal box. Uh, so it literally just became an ad for Goof Troop. And then I was like, then that caused a nostalgic memory for Goof Troop. And yeah. uh, were you a fan of that cartoon back in the day? Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely watched Goof Troop. Um, yeah. I watched a Goofy movie. Um, I, I enjoyed that stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a fan of Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Me, That's too. I was, too. Me, too. So... All right, George comes in, and he wants uh, Jerry's camera so we can get a picture of his boss. Basically, he wants to brown nose. He uh, wants to take a picture of him and Mr. Morgan and put it on his desk. Uh, so that way, Mr. Morgan, you know, basically to curry favor with him. Sure. So, all right, Elaine uh, marches into Mr. Pitt's office because that's what she's going to do, march in and quit. But she finds out that Mr. Pitt just put her in his will. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> so, so now she's like, "Oh crap!" She's feeling horrible about horrible about uh, you know almost quitting, and so she doesn't quit, and she's just like, "Okay, I'll I'll stay with you." And she's so happy because uh, he wants her to be taken care of when he's gone. And you know what? That's an incredibly nice thing to do. That does not really happen in no. real life. No, no. And earlier when you were talking about the march in, uh, I loved George talking about that in the previous scene because he's like, oh, yeah, the march in is great. And then I think, I don't know if Jerry said it or even he said it. He goes, but the march out's not that great. And I think Jerry's like, why? He's like, because then you realize how much money you're losing out on now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, very true. You know, unless you have something else lined up, um, quitting a job is not always the, you know, the most... uh, endearing feeling it's a scary feeling and of course it's a great callback because we saw george do the march in with his you know boss way right. way back in the day you know and yeah uh, at the yeah. uh the um uh, like realty season- place yep i think yeah. it was season two i believe yeah yep george gets his polaroid with uh, morgan and at the end of it you know it's kind of awkward he tells him oh i bet you look you know you look like sugar ray leonard and uh you know he's expecting other people to say that and morgan is pretty miffed about it he's not happy and he's like i suppose we all look the same to you kind of taking it as a racist comment that all black people look the same yeah yeah and um did you look up pictures of sugar ray leonard yeah yeah he fucking looks like sugar ray leonard yeah but we're not allowed to say so because we're white yes but yes (laughs) like he definitely there's a i mean he's not obviously he's not one-to-one but there are enough resemblances to say Oh, hey, do you get, you know, called yeah. out for Sugar Ray Leonard? Yeah, 100%. No, I totally get it. But I also get why you can't say that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that, too. Because, you know, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's what, yeah. Uh, have you ever been called, or called out that you look like a yeah. um Gary uh, Busey. Celebrity? Fucking Gary Busey when I was <laughs> in high school. Gary Busey? <laughs> yeah, my teacher in high school, I was in a, <laughs> John would appreciate this, I was in the one and only music class that I ever took as a guitar class, and uh, I'm sitting in the front row minding my own business, plucking away on my strings. My teacher pauses the entire class and goes, Corey, it just occurred to me who you remind me of. And I, I'm just like, what? I look, I'm like, just like, what? I look up, and he's like, Gary Busey. And, you know, like, this is like Point Break era, you know? Like, crazy <laughs> Gary Busey. Not, like, awesome, cool, like, Mr. Joshua Lethal Weapon 1 Gary Busey. It's post-accident head injury Gary Busey. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> thanks? I guess? <laughs> Maybe? I don't have the teeth, though, but okay. But it does come full circle because uh, in, in the movie Silver Bullet with Corey Haim, uh, he, uh, the werewolf movie, Stephen King werewolf movie, he plays uh, an uncle in that. And he is the template for the uncle that I want to be because he's the he's the badass sort of cool older uncle type of thing. But uh, I don't think I look at Gary Busey. I don't think so. 
I, I'm not seeing a Busey-esque quality either. No, no. So yeah, that's that, clearly that that hung with me for my for a long time in my life. But uh, I, I'll pose the same question to you, buddy. Will anyone ever say you look like somebody? Uh, someone was like trying to go through different people and see who they who they look like, and they got to me, and they they struggled for a minute, and then they came up with um, Matthew Perry is what they said. They said I have a Matthew Perry look. Mm, I do not see that at all. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But I, I've actually someone else said, "Oh, I can see that." I get it another time, and so I was just like, oh, "Okay, I just, I just don't see the Matthew Perry tie-in." But yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, yeah, because you look very distinctly Adam. But there is, I guess, the closest I would say you look like would be. Is Lachlan Monroe? Uh, he was in like scary movie. Uh, he was he's in Unforgiven. Um, he was also in Dead Man on Campus, which is a real stupid movie. Um, but Lachlan Monroe is is oh, I've seen him before. You kind of give me vibes of him a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a deep cut right there Lachlan it is Monroe. Incredibly deep. Cut. But you you recognize him right? Like right when you see him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Yes, you know, the second you see him, um, absolutely, I'm like, okay, I have seen him in something. Uh, yes, you, Scary Movie is probably it. Yeah, yeah. It's not much else after that. He uh, has not done much. That poor bastard. I wish you would get me a more successful person. <laughs> yeah, you give me a Lachlan Monroe vibe. So, guys and gals out there, go go look up Lachlan Monroe. Tell me if Adam, well, you know, honestly, we haven't posted any pictures in a while. We may have to do, I may have to post on, on the Facebook page a, a Gary Busey Corey picture and then a Lachlan Monroe <laughs> Adam picture. Guys and gals, I'll, I'll remember this when I'm editing the episode. I'll take a note and, and do it. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time with it. And you guys can vote on who looks more accurate to the person that they're supposed to look like. <laughs> this will be fun. That'll be good. Uh, yeah. I hope you pick like the craziest Carrie Busey mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so. uh, all right, no, no. I'm going to do a uh, silver bullet, buddy. You're, you're going to see silver bullet, baby. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get back to Seinfeld. Uh, so, yeah, uh, nobody backs up George, unfortunately. So he's just kind of left standing, even though I personally believe him. Uh, all right. Then we <laughs> cut to Monks and Jerry. Uh, you know, let's George, you know, he shouldn't have said that, which we've already established. It's yeah. a be- it's a dumb thing to say. Yeah. So, um, you know, I do like George's line. He's like, you know, I would have marched at Selma if it was in Long Island. <laughs> I was just kind of, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of funny. Uh, and I'm, you know what? Not to say that he he wouldn't have. George is just not an activist kind of guy. No, no, I don't <laughs> see that happening. No, no. So, all right. Uh, Kramer comes by and he uh, is going to take Jerry to the airport. We find out, but they've got to stop by like the pharmacist first because Jerry needs to get a toothbrush because he's just Jerry. Uh, no real est- establishment on that. I guess it's just, you know, we know Jerry's got his cleaning issues and it, kind of some of that stuff. And we know he's, ha- we've, he's established he's has uh, toothbrush problems before uh, where he, he doesn't trust other toothbrushes or things like that. So, and and I know it's a MacGuffin, like because it's it's just a plot point to get him to the pharmacy. But it's so weird because you know as well as I do, every airport has those stores that you can just go buy the disposable toothbrushes in. It's and it's I feel like it's been there forever too. Like it's not something yeah. that's new post two thousands or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they're overpriced. Um, but for Jerry, that doesn't matter. He's nah. in the fucking Diplomats Club, club for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, no, Jerry never seems like the kind of person that would choose convenience over, like, he would choose convenience over pricing. Like, he would just pick up the, mm-hmm. but here, it, it's a MacGuffin. It's for the plot, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. But it was just a little wonky for me, because I was like, you can just pick that up at the airport, dude. Yep. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> I was just, I still had pictures of Lachlan Monroe posted up, and there was this whole... Lachlan Monroe and Gary Busey side by side. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, what do we look the same? Maybe we what do. The fuck? <laughs> this yeah. is wild. I see like they have yeah, they have like um Wait, so wait, uh, so Lachlan so people are saying that Lachlan Monroe and Gary Busey look alike? Yes. That's hilarious. At, at a certain at a certain spot, yes. Oh, that's hilarious. That is awesome. <laughs> now, I will say the, the best lookalikes ever, and they have fun with it, is, well, what is it? The the drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers and Will Ferrell yeah. look oh, yeah, exactly yeah. They, they, the same? 
And they they have such great senses of humor about it. Yeah, because they both have gone on like uh, different talk shows and just as mm-hmm. together, and then they dress the same. Like they they're aware of the meme, and that's that's what I think is funny about it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. Where were we? I don't know. Lachlan on, Monroe and Gary Busey. That's yeah. all I know. We're on the toothbrush shit. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Kramer uh, doesn't think that he looks like Sugar Ray, and he ends up, uh, you know, uh, George wants to make a bet with him that he can get other people to say that he looks like Sugar Ray, and then this tr- triggers something in Kramer uh, that he is a big bet guy. He hasn't made a bet in three years. Now, I don't remember the last time we, we saw him betting on the mutter. The mutter, yeah. Um, and that, and that was, might have been probably around three years ago. I, I was going to say, I think that was about three seasons ago. Uh, I think that was probably, yeah, season three, maybe season four, but still that's, I think time-wise, they're referencing that one, and that's what I got a yeah. kick out of because that is the last time we saw Kramer bet. He won and big, he, and he and also, he had a traumatic event at that time too because he got yep. chased. Yep, exactly. So yeah, I love this dude. I love it when they reference it in real time as well as their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all right. I didn't think about that until we just talked about it, but I, I, that does heighten things. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. All right, Uh, George wants Morgan to see him with his black friends, and that's how he thinks he's going to solve this situation. The problem is he doesn't have any black friends. No. And then he thinks about it, and he cuts to George at the fucking apartment of the guy that he went to, uh, and he forced himself to watch breakfast at Tiffany's with, uh, you know, with him and uh, his daughter Remy, who they use the same actors yep. for both of them, uh, which is great. Love that aspect, but it's just like, oh god damn it, George, fuck you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Jerry and Kramer are at the pharmacy, and um, you know, because Kramer is kind of eccentric, he knocks over some you know, a little stand of pantyhose. And so Jerry kind of puts his jacket aside and starts picking him up. And he looks a lot like a pharmacist, you know, the other guy who's working there. And by coincidence, in comes Mr. Pitt, uh, who was looking for some medicine that can safely mix with his heart medication. Right. And so him thinking Jerry is a pharmacist asks him what to get. And Jerry doesn't know any shit. He just, just like, sure, whatever this, this is fine. Um, you know, so, I'm trying to think if, like, there was really any real wrong. You know, Jerry was just trying to be helpful. You know, And, it's, it's, and he never met yeah. Mr. Pitt before, so he didn't know who he was, which True. now I realize is why they had to why say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Now, Jerry, Jerry's not in the wrong here because they've also established in this episode and in previous episodes that Mr. Pitt is a bit um, incompetent, you know, in normal day-to-day sort of stuff. That's why... Elaine does things for him, you know, and there was a setup yeah. for this in the previous uh, scene with her and, and Pitt when she went mm-hmm. in to march in and, and he was explaining, oh, I got a little bit of a sniffles. Can you go grab me a cold medicine? She's like, no, no, you can't mix things with your with your heart medicine. And, you know, it's it's sad because ultimately where this episode goes, you know, for Elaine, because she I, she never did anything wrong here. And mm-hmm. she tried, you know, she actually tried to help Mr. Pitt, but she did. Yeah. So. All right. We cut to the diplomats club and we meet uh katie who is kind of an assistant for jerry she's helping him you know set some things up and just kind of coordinate some things for him and that is played of course by deborah joe rupp who we all know from that 70s show i mean even if you weren't a fan and didn't watch it which i really didn't watch the show 
you recognize her as the mom from that 70s show. Yep, yep. She's forever going to be that character to me. Yep. And and is she not his agent? Like, what is she? Uh, see, no, I, I got... I wasn't... I, I don't... He, he kind of mentioned what she did, but, like, I don't think he said agent. If he did, it just kind of went through... Um, and, and is she like but, a handler? But that's yeah. usually when you get to the event that you're going. And by the way, he's just doing a a couple hour flight, like a like a real quick flight to Ithaca, right? He's doing a stand up mm-hmm. gig, and then he's going to come back to the same airport, and that's why Kramer just kind of went with him to just go sit in the diplomats club for essentially just a few hours, you know. But yeah. we never saw that he right. We never seen that he's had an agent. But I mean, I remember her, and I, I remember her character and how she is, but like. This is the first time we're sort of seeing her, right? Or did we skit her before this? No, this is the this is the only episode that she's in. Okay, and okay. I, I don't think she was. An, I, I think she was more of an assistant, more of like a okay. coordinator kind of person, like that. She's the worst so. assistant ever. Yes, I mean she doesn't um, take charge and just kind of you know uh, make executive decisions, which is pretty much her job to just make those decisions for him. Yeah. Uh, so she babies him, and which ultimately annoys Jerry. Of course. So. Yep. Um. Elaine, uh, you know, walks uh, over. Elaine uh, goes over to Mr. Pitt's place. He apparently collapsed from mixing all that medicine. And we see this other woman is some kind of maybe she's the executor of the will or something like that. I can't remember. He mentioned what she is, but she's just some some person that ties in maybe with his family or with with the will in some some way or another. So (laughs) uh, Hulu, weirdly, this scene right here where he Mr. Pitt's in bed. Hulu had this image as their image for the doodle. So, oh, that's wrong. So I was like looking and I was like, wait, do I need to watch the doodle before I started watching these together? Because as you all know, we watch this one and we record them back to back. This is our second one. We recorded last week's episode at the same time. And so I was like, wait a minute, which episode am I on? Because I don't recognize this scene, but I was like, but I know I've seen the doodle. So then right when this scene starts up, I was like, oh, this is the thumbnail that they used for the doodle. And apparently... Hulu just doesn't give a shit anymore because it's like, what, what is it, 10 days? Uh, as yeah, of the time of this recording, yep. it says 10 days till it's leaving Hulu. And Adam and I were actually, I think, talking a couple episodes about we didn't know when it was going to Netflix. We knew it was yeah. this year. We knew it was this summer, but we didn't know, like, the exact date. And By the time this episode comes out, I think it will have made the swap. Yes. And so we are now waiting with bated breath to see if anything gets cut from the Netflix uh, lineup. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're cool with that, right? You have no issues if that does happen? No, no, no issues. By the way, uh, guys and gals, I, I'm the one that edits the episodes. Um, and, and because Adam breaks down and, and you know, preps the episodes and all kind of stuff, it's it's a good uh, good combination of, of effort and work. Um, but, dude, I had to cut, like, a five minutes from my fucking <laughs> rant. You just kept trying to be like, okay, let's let's move on, and I wouldn't stop. It was like three or four episodes ago, and I just went on this like tirade about streaming services, and I could just hear you being like, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I, I tried I, to wrangle, man. I did. tried, and you it- did, and I actually, I actually wound up cutting like about five minutes from it, so I didn't sound like as much of a fucking raving maniac. So yeah, I've got yeah, fucking thoughts passionate. on this. You're- you're passionate, my man. Yeah, well, when you put when you put CGI hair over Daryl Hannah's ass in Splash, I'm going to say things. All right, well, uh, let's get back to Seinfeld once again. And um, we see that uh, on the plane, again, Katie is babying Jerry some more. It's annoying him. A lot of quick scenes here. Actually, we, we, we brought this up a little bit in the last episode. But it's without question this season – and I know and maybe maybe people are bored or tired of us talking about it, but like the editing style and the scene so- style is just so different than where it was a couple seasons ago where things go so fast. And it's a it's it's went from like 20 second scenes to like 10 second max scenes. Yeah. And, and you know, you and I have lamented the fact that there's no room to breathe, um, like especially to talk about nothing. I think that is our biggest problem with this these jammed packed episodes is that they have no chance to talk about Superman anymore and like his super humor. Like it just doesn't happen anymore. But then again, see last episode, we gave yeah. it a five, and it was a jam-packed episode. So, yeah, dude, I, it, I'm with you. If you looked at all my papers at this point, they all have a like literally they have 
five times as more slashes through them for scene breaks yeah. than the first couple of seasons do. It's it's really wild. It's it's a different show than it started out as. And I yeah. but I guess that's probably the course of any show that goes this long, you know? Exactly. They're I mean, they're making that shift from that show about nothing where you can talk about more silly stuff to hey, we're going to jam you with more funny plot. It's all about squeeze in as much plot as possible, and that's where the humor is going to be derived from, not from the silly, quirky uh, side humor. Yeah, and I mean, so. you know, like I said, Adam and I talk about this a lot. Chime in, guys and gals, on, on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think. I mean, I don't think there's a right answer. Just what what is your preference? Do you like yeah. the, the, the more breathable episodes with, a, like, half the amount of scenes? Or do you like these bada-bing, bada-boom, fast paced it's 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 it becomes a much more fast paced show now yeah yeah and and we're seem to be right down the middle right now as we are enjoying yeah. both types and we're rate rating him you know according to that yeah right? yeah so it's interesting all right all right kramer is at the diplomats club and he meets this texan guy you know and they uh end up talking about different stuff and they they get into betting and about gambling and kramer hesitant at first eventually agrees you know okay all right all right let's let's do it let's bet on these uh arrivals yeah what's coming in so all right uh george is still on his journey to find black friends we get some a couple intercut scenes here i'm not going to go um, completely but basically he's just he's having trouble finding a black friend he's so. he's just talking to people on the street and i love how the the one guy he talks to he's like he's like oh you know but yeah he asks him a question but then the guy's like what? Like, why are you yes. talking to me? And and as somebody who lived in downtown L.A., yeah, don't talk to me. I'm not going to be your no. friend, you know? No. Yeah, actually, I was talking to somebody random um, just not too long ago about that in this small town where the mindset is very different. You know, even when you're just, like, at a park walking around and if you walk by somebody at a park in a town, in a city like L.A., you don't look at them in the eye. You don't <laughs> no. fucking, like, say anything. You no. just walk by. You're huh? living your life. But here in this smaller town... If you walk by someone, you look each other in the eye, you wave, you say, hey, how's it going? Yep. How you doing? Yep. And you just keep going. Like It's basically just a quick greeting. It's a cordial, you know, just societal thing that you have in, in much smaller cultures uh, and much smaller uh, cities than you do in like those big ones. Because in the big ones, you don't have time to deal with anybody. Yeah, and yeah. and you, just, you just don't care because there's too many people. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it before. When I first moved to Eugene, I had to brush off my, my city scum uh, lifestyle yeah. because I, it was very much like Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs, man. I was way too prickly. I was like, why are you talking to me? I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not in the city anymore. I need to be yeah. cooler now. Yep. Yes, you do. Guys and gals, I will talk about Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs for the rest of my life. It is one of my favorite 22 minutes of TV ever filmed. It's a good one, but I, I don't. It would definitely not make my top ten. It's it's of, a, of an always sunny episode or episodes. Yeah, it struck me. Just it was one of those things that hit me at the right time, and then just what it's saying was just. Very personally, Corey, especially like the rage <laughs> aspect and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's it was talking to me specifically. Yeah. I mean, I do love at the end. It's <laughs> Max, Mac and cheese is it's just fucking it's regular. Mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, you don't like Max, Mac and cheese. It's so good. It's I fucking I, I could do we could do an episode. We could do a podcast where we discuss that episode every week for like a year. Just <laughs> wow. I'm not ready for that. Um, we would have to get a significant boost in our Patreon to do that. I'm just saying. Because because that would literally drive us insane. And, and we would go insane doing it. <laughs> Which is much like the episode. Exactly yes, what it's exactly. for. So. I, I can remember hearing... I can't remember if we talked about it or somebody else talked about it, but there was a podcast that they it was us that were talking yeah, about the I told Groundhog you, yeah. Day. <laughs> it's like yes. they watched like something like fifty first dates or something, but like every like every week for like a year and but yeah, yeah by the time like they were insane. They they literally went insane doing it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So All right. <laughs> so, I do I do respect people who come up with those like ideas to do a show, you know, like I, I like that, those kind of concepts, yeah. but cause like to execute something like that takes, takes fucking balls and, and gumption, you know? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's some right. kind of self, self masochistic sort of behavior. <laughs> All right. Uh, Elaine, uh, gets pit a little pillow here. Ah, it's kind of funny. 
uh, because, you know, the lady sees her and thinks she's going to smother her. She's she's seemed skeptical of Elaine from the second that she kind of met her. Yeah, so. it's, they keep peppering this in, and there, there's funny yeah. little setups. It's all these, like, femme fatale setups. And then, you know, it's like the lady looks over, and Elaine's reading a femme fatale book, but then Elaine, you know, looks back and smiles, you know, because she's oblivious. Mm-hmm. She's completely oblivious. Yeah, yeah, because she's not doing anything wrong. Exactly. So. It's, it's actually kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, Jerry's about to go on stage in Ithaca, and Katie freaks him out by just, like, begin babying him and mentioning that the pilot's going to be out there. It's like, why does he fucking care? It's just like, who gives a shit that's a pilot? And so Jerry's like, why does this matter? Just shut up. Uh, basically, he goes out there, and then he sees the pilot, and because he had all of that whole conversation, now he freaks out. Yeah. He's freaking out, and... He basically forgets his entire act and he bombs. He bombs. I mean, <laughs> he does. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kramer, we find out, is in the hole $3,200. And he he needs to try and make one more bet to save the night. And so he's going to do a double or nothing. And he calls his bank, who his bank, of course, is Newman. Yay! We get Newman. So convinces him to bring the bag, which we don't know what it is just yet. That's so, right. All right, on uh, on the flight, Jerry's been asked to leave the plane because Katie, uh, after the end of his his set, you know, he Jerry was all upset because you know she got him freaked out about the pilot, so she's like, I'm gonna go let him have a piece of my mind, and she says uh, on the flight, yeah, I let him really have a piece of my mind. <laughs> that was funny. So, <laughs> she, so basically. She told the pilot that uh, Jerry was not happy that he was on there or at, was at the set. And so it pissed him off enough where he is kicking Jerry off the flight. And so, fuck, she's really fucking him, out, fucking him over. And he's freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking he's- out. <laughs> I mean, guys and gals, you know that I love Freak Out Jerry. This is some good Freak Out Jerry this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We get quite a bit of it. So, all right. Now they have to find another way back. So... Um, you know, do they take another flight that's later? But no, because Jerry needs to, um, you know, he wants to see his girlfriend. And actually, I never, I did not look up this drive, but he's like, fuck it, we'll just rent a car. Go rent. And she starts asking him questions. She's like, you make a decision, which she kind of like is like, oh, oh you're so pampered. But it's just like, that's your job. Just. So, so yeah, look uh, up Ithaca to LaGuardia. Okay. And that is a four hour drive. From oh, Ithaca to LaGuardia. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, but he's only got a six hour window. And so, you know, he wants to try and get there as soon as possible to, uh, to see, to spend some time with his super hot supermodel girlfriend. So, but yeah, that's not, I mean, that's, that's not, a four hour drive is not bad, but no, um, that still is, that's, you know, that's pretty big. Like, I didn't think it was going to be that long. Uh, okay. Jerry calls George to try and get him, uh, you know, to, to go meet up with his girlfriend, with the model. But George is very just interested in still his own mission, which is to find a black friend. And so he asks about the exterminator, gets his number, <laughs> and then just hangs up on Jerry. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> so Jerry then calls Elaine at Mr. Pitt's place and talks to her. And Elaine, uh, you know, has to saying, all right, fine, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Very sounding pretty ominous. That lady, again, overhears that. Yeah. That was so. the least funny of all of them. Her being like, I'll take care of it. I was like, yeah, that one didn't work as well as the the pillow and stuff like that. It should know? have been I'll take care of him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That would, have, that would have made much more sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That would have been better. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey, everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, 
often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. All right, uh, Newman brings the bag. And the bag was the mailbag of David Berkowitz, who is son of Sam. Yeah, dude. Uh, Apparently... Newman took over his route, <laughs> which is awesome. A, a wonderful little piece of Newman lore, yeah. I would say. No, that's really, really cool. Um, maybe I knew that son of Sam Berkowitz was a was a postman at one point, but I, I it was kind of like a thing here. I was like, oh, okay. I kind of really didn't know that. I'm not a big serial killer guy. Are you? Do you no. listen to no, true I'm crime stuff? I don't, but my wife does, and she was watching the episode with me, and so she gave me some of these stats. She actually called out there was um, a line that Newman says was, boy, there were a lot of dogs on that route, which I didn't know what it was, and she laughed, and she told me. So basically, something that he did was he said there was like a, a demon manifested as a dog that told him to kill these people. Oh. <laughs> and so that was like these dogs were telling him to kill the people. So, yeah. I uh, know. Yeah. So the son of Sam, which the dog's name was Sam, by the way. Oh, okay. That's why um, he was son of Sam. Okay. Yep. So uh, son of Sam killed six people, uh, wounding seven others uh, in his, you know, spree of serial killing stuff. Uh, and he mentioned the the dog, the demon dog shit, um, which alleged, which apparently he was actually trying to get, um, De- uh, decided as mentally incompetent mm. for uh, for court, but they said he was competent, and he admitted later that the dog story was bullshit. So he was just killing people. He was for... trying to look crazy so he could get like you know right. the insanity plea. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I know Keisha uh, digs that stuff. I think we talked briefly about it on on the episode that she was on because um, we both listened to last podcast on the left, but. I don't particularly. I mean, I'll still listen to the the serial killer stuff, but I, I kind of zone out. It's more I'm listening for the for the the people talking, like you know the the hosts. Gotcha. I like them, um, but I know Keisha. I know a lot of other people like uh, true crime stuff. It's just mm-hmm. it never ever clicked with me. It just it never has, and I I just you know. But I do love last podcast and left when they do like their weird you know supernatural stuff and UFO mm. stuff, and you know they also dig into other things. They don't need Which is the they, shit. they don't need us plugging them because they're like one of the biggest no. podcasts out there but i do listen yeah that's the kind of shit i wouldn't care about is the supernatural because right. i don't i don't believe in any of that i would care more about like the the true crime right. shit yeah yeah so, no i know right. and they, yeah I, I think and i, I think casey even mentioned something to, to that extent not not as as venomously as you but yeah <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i am um aggressively a non-believer yes. on a lot of things yeah. and that's that's just me so <laughs> and that's what i love about you buddy all right, Kramer uh, is still making bets with the Ithaca guy, you know, so he's doing that last one, and he takes Ithaca versus Boston, and so we know that the guy, um, you know, who uh, the Texan says, "All right, I'll t- I'll take Ithaca." You know, he makes the choice to take yeah. Ith- take Ithaca, so but whatever. It- but we know as an audience that it has been delayed because of Jerry. Yeah, something has been fucked up with that flight. So can we call it the fact that Newman's a good fucking friend? For, oh for, yeah, for big coming time. to to Kramer's aid in this case. Yeah, I mean, at first he's like, "Really, man? Like, you know, you shouldn't be gambling again." So he's aware of his problem, um, but he is still willing to come help him out and put up his bag to try and you know get his friend out of trouble. Yeah, that's a that's a good friend right there. Jerry wakes up from a nap in the rental car driving, and Katie is driving. Uh, they don't know where it is. He's, where's the road? Oh, we lost the road a half hour ago. Like, why the fuck are you still driving? <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hate her in, in this episode, yep. man. 
But because he, Jerry had previously said, don't disturb me for like, you know, small things, uh, she didn't disturb him. And this was a, no, no road is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a big detail. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I kind of remember, I always liked how she said, you know, oh, for small details. And he's like, it is a big detail. <laughs> he pronounced it detail and she did detail. So, I, I don't know. I didn't pick up on that, but I'll have to re-listen to that. That's, that's yeah. just one of the weird quirks that I picked up on. Yeah, so. that's cool. <laughs> At uh, Yankee Stadium, in comes the exterminator, who apparently George <laughs> did call, Carl, and George wants him to meet Morgan, but apparently Morgan is out for dinner. Um, so I, I, they're just like, these scenes are really quick. And I guess they're just, they're making them, you know, Morgan could have still been there, but they're making these quick little things to just emphasize, okay, all right, this isn't going right. Here's another little thing. Like you see a lot of, those little scenes with Elaine, with George here, even with Kramer, like you just get these tiny little things where it's like, oh, this is not going right. And then this is not going right. And so it's like, okay, he got the exterminator over, exterminator over, but uh, Morgan's not there. And so now we have to try this next thing, which is go over to the dinner. So it's yeah. just, it's, it, just um, it's quick, but it's, I think it does serve a purpose. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. And, and here, obviously Carl, we know from the Doodle episode, uh, which is interesting yes. that, Hulu fucked up on the uh, the thumbnail, and they've used the doodle as well. So we kind of come back to the to the doodle, or they used this thumbnail for the doodle. So there's a weird connective tissue. But if you remember in my episode uh, review of the doodle, I talked about how much I loved Carl, and I thought he was fantastic. With like, I, I don't know how they get here, sir. I just kill you know whatever his line was, and I was like, give that man a sitcom because he's fucking yeah. hilarious, and I love him in this episode too. He fucking yeah. rocks. He's very good. So. Give that man a show. Uh, yep. All right. We get a news report of Jerry uh, and his car that crashed into a pool. And Pitt recognizes him from the pharmacy, as does the woman from the phone when she when he called earlier. And Jerry is just he's freaking out. He's, he is not. He's beside <laughs> himself, dude, because he's like on the news and he's like, I don't want to No more questions. And he like walks into the shrubs behind it and then kind of to walk mm-hmm. back. I mean, he is so disheveled. He is so just it's great. It is yeah. great. I love Jerry when he's freaking out like this. It's fantastic. Yep. Uh, we then cut to the fancy dinner where Morgan was apparently just eating by himself at this very nice place. Uh, George uh, comes in, barges in, introduces Carl, who is, uh, I love that he says, yep, I'm the exterminator. Which he <laughs> tries. George has to play it off. Oh, yeah, so we called him back in high school. Huh? He is trying so fucking hard. It's, it's horrible. It's fucking George. You're the worst, man. He, yes, he is. So uh, Kramer got a uh, bunch of money. Uh, from his win, because he did the double or nothing, they they won that bet. Elaine comes in because she has agreed to talk to the model who was uh, they are going to be going to be there waiting for Jerry, and she mentions that Jerry's flight from Ithaca, someone that he knows, obviously Kramer knows, and then the Texan guy picks up on that and it's like fuck that, no, you cheated because you knew a guy who actively caused my flight to uh, you know be delayed, and he ends up ripping up the check, so Kramer gets nothing. Well, but, I, so he he was going to give Kramer traveler's checks. Kramer said, yeah. okay. So why didn't he just keep those traveler's checks instead of just tearing them up? What, do traveler's checks, are they a predetermined amount, or do you write the amount no, on think, the traveler's checks? I think you write the amount. I mean, it, it, they made it look like he wrote the amount. Okay, okay. But uh, I don't, I've never, uh, who the fuck gets traveler's checks? Yeah, and that's something that, like, was like from the 80s and 90s. I remember those commercials. Like it's the, a fucking scam. Yeah, it's like get traveler's checks because they'll be accepted across overseas and stuff. And now, like now in 2021, you go over if you go to Amsterdam, you put your AT, card in the ATM, it'll do the conversion for you, and you'll just take out cash yeah. over there. I mean, there there are some massive benefits to to living in this technological age, but like I missed the whole traveler's check thing. I never had to deal with mm-hmm. them. I thought, though, that they were, like, a predetermined amount, meaning, like, here's a $20 one, here's a $50. But my thing was, like, so why did he just rip them up? Why didn't he just take them back? But, yeah, if you're writing them, like, actual checks, then, yeah, he would have to rip it up. At least he didn't take the the Son of Sam bag, though, you know, as, like, sort of yeah, collateral. Yeah, yeah, Kramer just didn't, you know, it ended up being a wash. It's a wash, so. essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yep. We uh, get a quick glimpse of Jerry's uh, supermodel date. 
So, all right, very quick right there. All right, Elaine is confronted by uh, that woman with Mr. Pitt, and they end up thinking that she was trying to poison him. Like, they tie all this stuff together that Jerry was planted there uh, to, to try and mix the medicines to poison Mr. Pitt, to try and kill him so she could get, you know, the money from the will, whatever. Um, and he fires her just like that. She's done. And we get a little montage of old times with Mr. Pitt. And actually, I kind of thought it was different for mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. But I thought it worked, and I thought it was it was kind of cute and kind of funny. Yep, 100% agreed. All right, uh, Jerry's, I guess, plane comes in. He gets a flight or something. Yeah, we no, see a plane. Uh, yes, we see there is a cut of a plane coming in, and then Jerry gets to LaGuardia and sees his date. So there was apparently another flight that he hopped on. I guess from the middle of nowhere. Or how something? the fuck else yeah. did he? How the hell else did he get there? So they so, were lost before. Yeah. So I took it as he somehow got a ride. That's how I took it as, and that maybe that. Yeah. I. I don't know. I don't I know. Specifically I specifically remember yeah. seeing a cut of a plane landing and then Jerry running in there. So they're tying in in the viewer's yeah, brain. Editing, in my opinion, editing language. Editing language tells you yeah. that that was his plane. Yes, that he was on that plane. Yep, I agree um, with you. But yeah, that's it, what it, it's that's weird. What they said. But uh, I don't know. Whatever. He got there somehow, which makes no fucking sense because they crashed. They were missing completely. Yeah. But he got there enough on time. Uh, He meets Bridget. They start making out in this side room. And then he turns and sees the pilot. Maybe that was the pilot landing. Maybe that's what that was. Yeah, maybe that's what that was. But that pilot... Just so, so did he get there the same yeah, I was time? Say, as the yeah, so that, flight? so that implies that he would have gotten there the exact same time as Jerry did. And that doesn't make any sense at all. No, so yeah, no you're, fucking way. You're 100 percent right. I mean, in theory, he could have done Ithaca to Laguardia, back to Ithaca, back to Laguardia again. You know, but and maybe that yeah, was it because it's, it's a short flight. Um, I imagine significantly shorter than driving, but it was still strange. And Jerry kind of. Points at the guy. It's the pilot. The pilot. And, and, and so, like, you and I are having so much mental gymnastics trying to figure it out. I and hated the scene. Pa- for the punchline of just, it's the pilot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And that pilot wasn't that big of a deal. No. Like, no. that scene made no sense. It was closed out with the pilot, in my opinion, when he was, when Jerry was kicked out. Because him being kicked out was recourse from Katie's, uh, you know, uh, blasting of him, it wasn't the pilot's fault, really. No. It was really Katie's fault. And so, like, having this weird pilot moment, I thought was incredibly unnecessary, and it didn't fit. And most of the time, this entire scene where, like, they're making out and he looks at the pilot, I'm like, just close the fucking blinds. I see blinds on the damn window. Close them so you can keep making out with her. Yeah. I didn't get it. It was a bad punchline. Fuck that scene. Yeah, and especially when it would have been so much better because you had a lane there. Um, you could have had the whole one of those endings, like uh, like the the parking garage ending, where they're like all four of them are now together, or you know whatever. Maybe Kramer and Elaine and and Jerry and Newman are all just kind of together, being like, oh, Elaine got fired, George. I don't know. Well, no, I guess Elaine wasn't there. I don't know. It was it was it just wasn't a strong ending. I'm I'm trying to think of a better way to do it, and I it's probably there, but like yeah, it was such a a weird ending, and I didn't I didn't like it. Like I didn't I didn't yeah. get it, and I didn't care for it. You know, mm-hmm. especially so. since like Jerry was screwed the entire episode. I almost wish there was maybe I didn't. You know, here's the thing. I wasn't invested in his girlfriend at this point. I was invested in his real, his horrible relationship with his assistant. So like yes. I, with with Katie. So I would rather. How did see, that wrap up? Have that wrap up. Have him firing her as a wrap. Like that's a better wrap up than than yeah. this. I mean, we can assume she's fired, but like we didn't see anything. We got no closure from it. Yeah. And I think she, you sure she doesn't come back later because I thought when he booked like a school, um, to 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 talk at at a school, she's there for that. Remember the? Do you remember that when he like has to talk at a high school? I thought was that might have been prior too. God, this is like this is the Cartwright thing where we can't really remember <laughs> if it's something that came before or after because because you know time has no meaning and everything is an endless cycle of Seinfeld. Uh, oh, she is in one more episode in 1996, so she will come back in the absence. Uh, which is that's, that's the one where he's got to go to uh, speak at a school and she keeps yeah. like bumping him uh, and all that. She gets... That's not till season eight. Yeah. So they bring her back in season eight. Yeah. So I... why the fuck is she still uh, uh, employed? Exactly. Because she's she's terrible. She's absolutely terrible. 
So wow. yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I didn't like this. I didn't like that ending right there. Although I do like the next scene better. Yeah, the tag. Okay, you know, once the credit tag comes in, and uh, George is really bothering Mr. Morgan right here, and Morgan calls out George, and I love that. And Morgan's like, "Fuck this!" And then he leaves, and George, you know, calls for the check, and then a uh, a waiter guy, a waiter who is a black guy, says, "Oh, uh, don't worry about the check. Sugary Leonard can eat here on the house." Vindication! <laughs> Vindication! Isn't that from... Is that from Hercules? That's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. That was uh, Holt. Holt, uh, Holt did Holt. that. Yep. yep. That was a great one. That was a great one. Um, yeah, dude, I, I like that. Uh, I like the tag. I like the whole little scene at the end because um, I like the when Morgan eventually does find out that he's he is the exterminator. He's like, well, I don't I don't want to hear because like I'm always but I'm always here because all oh, the cockroaches or something in the <laughs> yeah oh, they, a lot of rats yeah There's a lot of rats ones. and I love how George just spits out his food like that yeah yeah, yeah. so. I do think this is one of those things where last episode we didn't care for the tag. I think mm-hmm. the tag saves this episode. It, helped. it definitely be- helped because we would have we would have been left with that weird, problematic ending that we had. Yep, I agree. I agree. It, it helped. So, all right, as you started off our last episode, I am gonna start this one. I thought this was a definite solid episode. Um, I don't think I would say it's like a top tier great episode. So Jerry freaking out is really good. Um, I enjoyed seeing that. We've talked about that before. He does quite a bit of it in this episode, and that works. Um, I really do enjoy them. I feel they're being a little bit meta here with their lack of representation on the show by fully bringing it up, by being like, oh, hey, you have no black friends because, you know, you just don't. And really, it's in my opinion, it's a bit of a tie as they don't have many black actors and so they're doing this whole thing to bring in these old like minor characters just to kind of show like yeah george doesn't have black uh, friends but guess what we don't really do black actors either but it's a kind of a meta i think an inside joke now not really something that they fix but i still think it is um it's funny because of it newman's a plus newman is always a plus he's never heard an episode uh of seinfeld ever Ah, I always. I, no, no, no. I know what you're. You know I know where you're I'm going. Up, you know. I know where you're going up. That one little. <laughs> he was misused, but he didn't hurt the episode. Okay, so okay. fuck you. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept. But I do. I, I always remember that because I was so shocked by that revelation that you had any problem with Newman at the end of that. I, it just didn't. It didn't make sense. It was just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. But he didn't know. hurt the episode. But I, okay? I love. I love jabbing that one at you. Any chance I get, I, I love it. I know. So, all right. Um, I wouldn't say this was a Newman shining episode, but yeah, it did show that he was a solid friend. Uh, the pilot thing was funny until they went too far with it. I thought they ended it perfectly with him getting kicked off the plane, and then then the problem was Katie the assistant. The problem was never the fucking pilot, and so why they went back to that didn't make sense. But overall, the other stuff was all pretty good, and so I gave it a very decent 35 out of five black friends. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, dude. Honestly, I'm I'm pretty much where you stand on this episode. Um, it was fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was solid. I think it was above average. Um, it was fast paced, but I didn't have a problem with the pacing of this episode. I thought this episode moved fairly well and and held up well. Um, I liked what they were trying to say with it. I liked what they were trying to do with it. It's just, it felt like they didn't stick the landing with Jerry's storyline so much, which sucks when the main, that's, he's the main character of the show. I always have a problem when Jerry has the weakest storyline because it's mm. his goddamn show and i want to see him it doesn't he doesn't have to always come up on top he doesn't have to always win but i want his storyline to be the strongest and here while it was fun you know though just the how it ended was just so it just it wasn't satisfactory dude because again i think they misunderstood we didn't care about the pilot. It was all Katie's fault. That's who we were. Uh, we as an yeah. audience is upset with. We want to see her have some, him, Jerry, have some kind of comeuppance with Jerry, with uh, with Katie. You know, but 
I gotta admit, you know, with with Newman um, getting this interesting little character insight, not only was the fact that he uh, it picked up the son of Sam's uh, Berkowitz's, um, you know mail route that right there is a fun revelation in and of itself but also the fact that we get to see that at the end of the day he's a good friend to probably people he likes obviously you know what i mean and uh, mm-hmm. he's a good friend to kramer and i like that so i'm gonna give this one actually really with you 3.5 mistaken sugar ray leonard's <laughs> all right very nice okay you know what is never a mistake that's Podcasting After Dark. <laughs> it's a fantastic show that you host with our friend Zach, and you guys go over some of the weirdest fucking movies. These are cult films. Not even I, Some of them aren't even cult classics. They are deep-cut cult films. <laughs> and you guys have these in-depth, awesome conversations. Every episode I've listened to has been a fucking trip in a good way. Not the trip like Seinfeld that's a bad way, a trip like a good way. All right, my man? So uh, tell us a little bit about podcasting after dark. Yes, yes. Uh, th- thank you, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and, and you know, as of the time of recording this, uh, the newest episode that we have up there is the Witchblade episode, 1986, with Tawny Katane. And uh, I'm, I'm sure Adam has never seen that film before. And uh, although I know you know who Tawny Katane is because of Seinfeld. We know her from season yes. three. Um, but it hasn't been announced yet, so you'll be happy to know that our next movie that we're reviewing is Hard Target. So sometimes... Oh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. I've actually know that one. So sometimes we actually go a little bit mainstream, and the reason is, uh, in our year one of Podcast After Dark, we reviewed uh, Cyborg with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Both of us thought we loved it, and it's become our most hated movie that we've reviewed so far. And <laughs> we, we, we neither of us liked it. And, uh, and I was like, dude, we can't go through season two of Pad without having another JCVD movie, and hopefully one that we love. So I'm bringing Hard Target to the table. Uh, by, by the time we're recording this, we're going to be recording that episode in two days. So I'm looking forward to talking about some Jean-Claude Van Damme, baby. Do you, do you think uh, Hard Target would ever make it on Blast from Our Past? I mean, we don't have a lot of cross-section, but uh, that's a little bit more mainstream, I know. The only JCVD that's going going to make it is either Kickboxer or Bloodsport. Okay. okay. Like, the, uh, both of those are ones that John and I are both nostalgic for, particularly Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a chance for that. Hard Target is just probably past that level that there's more important yeah. ones for us to tackle yeah but you do know it you've seen hard target oh yeah. yeah yeah i have yeah so so occasionally occasionally we pepper in stuff that that we think people will actually know but uh yeah. nine trading times. places is a big one yep. trading places was another one too so yeah we have a lot of fun over there and we also uh interview uh celebrities like william sadler uh peter jason sean whalen tom matthews uh jeanette goldstein aka vasquez from aliens mark ralston uh he was also in aliens and shawshank redemption so go check out uh the podcast after dark's patreon they have a bunch of stuff over there uh, at this point guys and gals y'all you know how it goes every single every single one of these shows has uh, has a patreon page uh we're all we're all producing content at a an insane rate and uh you know one of the the, the content one of the people that i'm proud to be in the network with is adam and john from the black blast from our past podcast because they've been cranking out content so regularly that my show on that feed, the sequels, has now been officially bumped to Patreon, and I'm no longer in it. That's okay. Adam and I have talked about it offline. But the point is, Adam and I used to record the sequels occasionally so that they could have filler content when they couldn't hit a, a, you know, a street date or something. And for two freaking years... They have not broken or missed a damn release date. And that is so fucking impressive. That is worthy of donating some money to their Patreon because they've been cranking out uh, content on the Blast from Past and on Throwback Trivia Takedown for so long and so consistently that it is impressive. So please, buddy boy. How do you do it? Can you actually, I don't, don't plug the show. Tell me how you fucking do it, man. <laughs> no, I mean, you understand. You just have to do it for the fans. That's right. You love the fans and they love you and you enjoy giving them content. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot to it. There's a lot of time and effort that gives it to it. So 
the people who can drop a little bit into the uh, the podcast or the Patreon bus bucket. Um, it, it helps you keep the lights on without question. Cause otherwise you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't see that motivation. You wouldn't be able to afford the costs, honestly. And then the time and effort it takes like episodes, as you know, the prep that it takes for some of these movie breakdowns is intense. The time that we all know, any podcaster will tell you the most intense amount of time is editing yep and it's the worst and i am a professional editor i have been working in the professional editing space for 13 years now it takes time Mm -hmm. i'm sorry even at like you know my skill level it still takes time it's just something that you can't you can't joke around with you can't get around a good podcast it could a good podcast has to be edited and it's something that we want to continue good quality for everybody. So, you know, we appreciate the people who can do that. And uh, at, at, we feel that we're giving everybody, you know, a solid, strong um, quality of our product. So uh, we appreciate everybody who has been able to give to Podcasting After Dark, Throwback Trivia Takedown, and Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and Podcasting After Dark, and everybody, you know. Because, and and um, blast from so, our past, because as much as I love you, you said podcast after dark twice. Oh. They, thank you, so thank you so much. And yes, but yeah, yes. And, and yeah, we've we've got great supporters, uh, you guys out there who are supporting this show. Um, I know there's some cross section. I know some of you support other mm-hmm. shows too. And and you know, and Adam, you and I both, we support multiple shows on our personal. Like it's it's now time for you know content creators to to you know actually start surviving a little bit. And I think the the days of of free content is kind of disappearing and it's just the way things are because it it just takes such an incredible amount of time to produce a good show you know yep it does i mean it is the way with a lot of artistic things where um you know for example even tv tv started off like oh free over the airwaves and then really you could Got, had more trouble getting things over bunny ears and you had to buy cable or there was advertising that was added to it so that the content creators could make the money um, to continue doing that stuff with YouTube it started off completely free only YouTube was making the money but then there was enough you know pushback like the content creators had to be making money and so there's a way for them to monetize um, you know when you're doing it that way and you're not stealing you know content for it or whatnot um, and so podcasting is just the next natural step in that progression where the people who are putting the time and effort into it, you know, are, are making stuff that you guys are listening and absorbing and you're enjoying. And so, you know, I can tell you right now at Cartwright, we're only asking $1, $12 a year. Like literally you can skip Starbucks twice an entire year and you will pay for all of the Cartwright. And you do a little bit more and you're going to get Cartwright and Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is a fantastic show that we put on as our Patreon exclusive content. Yeah, it's at this point, that show is a fully Patreon uh, exclusive show and we're having a blast with it. And I love the connective tissue. And as the the person on uh, the, of the two of us who is sort of watching it for the first time, it's, it's great. And I'm having a blast and I'm loving digging into it with Adam. So I hope that you guys all go and check it out. Uh, we've, we've wrapped up recording season one, but it'll probably take us about another month and a half for it all though all of season one to sort of get out there and everything but we're having a blast and and we couldn't do it we couldn't do the show period without all of our patron supporters and uh as as everything adam said as as to why so thank you guys and gals for all of your love and support and uh you know thank you for also supporting the other shows on our network thank you for listening to the mortal Kombat roundtable discussion because we know you did and and we thank you for that and we thank you for checking out the other shows talking back action action people don't forget uh throwback trivia takedown blast from pass podcast after dark we have just a great collection of shows and they all have a nostalgic sort of spin and if you like them then go check out uh, the network website and the bfop network link is at the bottom of our uh every episode every episode of uh of of cartwright seinfeld podcast so go check that out and adam we are essentially one recording session away 
from the end of this season. We only have two more episodes. Uh, you and I are going to do those two, and then we're going to record our traditional uh, wrap-up show uh, episode afterwards. Um, so that'll be one more sitting for us. But man, oh man, season six came and went. And, uh, yeah. you know, wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, it did. D- didn't think yes, it was going to go by that fast, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... You know, COVID has been wild, and and then uh, dealing with that kind of coming to a hopeful close, life is just kind of returning to quicker stage. And like, yeah, we're we're flying through this one. Um, but to do so, we will uh, see y'all next time when we get to the face painter. <laughs> ah, the devils! Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.